morning, everyone. It's good, it's good to be here. Good to see all of you today, and we just thank God for his goodness and his mercy. Um, we've been in um, already this morning. We've had some wonderful time in Sunday school, in teaching, and in prayer. Um, it was a special little twist on Sunday school. A bunch of us ended up praying for each other and uh, including each other in some of our personal needs. It was a beautiful, beautiful time. And I thank God for that opportunity that we would continue to, to know each other and pray for each other. And um, this morning I've got a, a kind of a, it's kind of in, in keeping with a lot of what our brother Austin was teaching, even our prayers for one another and their prayer requests. And um, also even in keeping a little bit with the holiday, if you want to call it a holiday, Valentine's Day, kind of a special day of love. And there is a, a little bit of a theme to what I'm going to speak about today and the, the uh, question or the topic is, whose love is it anyway? And that's what we're going to talk about this morning, a little bit. I got to tell you, a long time ago, I got a text from the Lord, and this is the text, okay? Um, Bible and Book of Mormon, beautiful message. A little bit long, I'll give it to you. It's a little long, I can't just glance at it, but it's worth reading over and over again. And I want you to know that something happened to me Friday. It was Valentine's Day. Um, besides the fact that we, my wife and I got to go out to dinner, which was lovely, and all the other stuff. In the morning, um, early in the morning, uh, I work in a very, a very nice office complex up in the northeast, northwest corner of Tempe, almost by the zoo there. And there's two buildings built. They face each other like parentheses like this. And in between, there's this really nice courtyard with with hardscape, eating areas, lots of plants, water. It's beautiful, and the, the gardeners there keep it just just perfect. There's not, a, there's not a piece of gravel out of the way. There's not a single leaf of, of uh, mesquite that hasn't gone every day. They sweep it so clean. And um, this time of the year when it's, when it's dark in the morning, early morning, and there's a gym there too. I go there in the morning early, and, and there's this time of the year when it's dark, they haven't started working out there yet because it's dark. And there's one of the gardeners there, and he's, he's sitting in the eating area. And I saw this like four or five days consecutively. He's sitting there very clearly, a book open, and the table in front of him, sitting there quietly. And I, and I walked by, and I thought a few times. I said, I, he, it looks like he's reading the Bible. I said, that's, that's great that he's in the morning spending that time with the Bible. So Friday morning... Coincidence, it was Valentine's Day. It doesn't really matter. But I thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go say hello. I mean, I've, I've said hello, hello to him a million times uh, in the out, outdoors, but I, I'm going to go say hello to him and, and, you know, make some small talk about what he's reading there. So I went up to the table and I said, well, it looks like you're reading a good book there, you know, kind of a silly way to open it. And, um, and he said, yeah, it's, it's the Bible. And, and I, said, those, I said, those are good words to live by. And then this is what he said, and I, I was just struck. He looked up and he said, he said, it's not so much the words, he said, but he who wrote it wants to have a personal relationship with you. And he, he said it with such spirit that I was just gripped by it. And, and he probably said more for another 15 seconds, but I was just so bowled over by that statement. And it, it, was, it was a message to me, I think, that... that he who wrote it wants to have a personal re relationship. So I, I gave that a lot of thought, and I spent some time meditating about it, and, um, and I felt like the Lord gave me some thoughts 
about where where that led, and uh, basically, um, I thought about the word relationship. I kind of looked it up, googled it. Um, if Brother Tony Pachuda were here, he would have given you the whole textbook of relationships, <laughs> right? Interpersonal and the different kinds. Um, but that's that's good because I it made me think a lot about what is this relationship with my with my Maker, my Lord my savior, my friend. And I thought about, I put, spent a lot of time meditating about it. Not reading, I, a lot of times I'll spend time reading, reading, reading. But this wasn't reading, this was sitting and meditating and clearing my mind to receive something from the Lord. And, and the thing I got um, from him was just this little phrase, childish things. And he was telling me that I need to continue to put away childish things. And that phrase is from 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, the 11th verse. And I think um, it's, a, it's a chapter, it's a definitely a go-to chapter for all of us. Um, so I'm going to just read that, that 11th verse. And uh, let me get up here. And then we'll go back a little bit into the context that it's in. So the, in the 11th verse, the Apostle Paul says, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now it's interesting that um, he's saying this in, in this particular chapter. And I'm going to um, start out by saying that the Lord Jesus said, Unless you become as one of these little children, you can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. But this isn't the... This isn't the but Jesus was talking about becoming childlike, and this is childish, and those are two very different things. Usually when, when uh, a, an adjective ends in ish, it's not the greatest thing. Um, and when it ends in like, it's a good thing. So um, childish is not a good thing. And one time, it's been, a, it's been a long time ago, but one time I taught a Sunday school on childish things, and what I did was I took this 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, this is the charity chapter, or the love chapter, as, as many of you might have heard, and I took all the opposites of what charity isn't, and, and before I really kind of told the class what chapter we were in, I just took all the things that charity isn't, and, um, you know, in, it's impatient, and unkind, and, and boastful, and, you know, all, you know think, thinks evil of others, and all the things that we kind of have to really work hard as parents to kind of, or I'll say this, is our, that our parents worked hard as, to get us to get to steer away from, and we work hard as parents to steer our children away from. They have better habits about how we think and act with each other. That's the childish things that I think the Lord was talking to me about. And I just wanted to remind you, because it is, you know, in the context of Valentine's Day a little bit, um, that this love chapter that we've heard probably more than any other time at a wedding, it's read, right? The, the bride and groom are standing there, and the minister reads this 13th chapter about how they ought or need to love one another. And it is certainly appropriate for a husband and wife to apply this chapter in their lives. Absolutely most important thing. But I, but I think, and I hope that you understand, that a lot of times our love for each other, for our spouse, is motivated by other, other kinds of love, which are not bad things. They're things that God created. But we're going to get something reciprocated. We're going to get something returned to us for the love that we 
exercise toward our spouse or our significant, significant other, as they say these days. But, but um, until you're a spouse, it doesn't really count with the Lord. But, um, but the, the love that he's talking about in this chapter, as much as it applies to the relationship of a husband and a wife, it applies to us as followers of Christ, as saints of the Most High God, as Christians. It applies to us that we have to show and apply and exercise this love regardless of the possibility of anyone reciprocating it. And that's the difficult part, um, where it's not returned, where it's not going to be returned. Um, the Lord is asking us to um, exercise this. So it says here, and I'll just I'll read it because we, we do hear it from time to time. I'll just read this starting with the fourth verse in the 13th chapter. It says, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not boastful, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there, there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. And I'm not going to read the whole part, the whole remainder of the chapter, but the point being, as the Lord was, um, as I was reading this and the Lord was reminding me about childish things, I had to realize, and, and I had to honestly do some work personally. And when I say work, the work was talking to the Lord about it, confronting it, confessing it, asking God and Jesus, because of his precious blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary, to paint that out of my heart and that I could do these things because there were a few of these things that I just read that I wasn't um, working at as hard as I needed to. And I, and I'm, you know, I ask your prayers that I might continue to work at, at, um, at reflecting all of these wonderful good things. So... Like I said before, as we might be able to do these things more easily when we're with um, our spouse or someone that we love, someone that we have um, feelings of great affection toward, who we know if we do these things, they'll, they'll return it to us in kind. Um, and it's a beautiful relationship that the Lord allows us to enjoy on this earth. But how is it that we can do this when it's toward people that aren't returning it? And, you know, again, as it was mentioned earlier today, none of us is perfect and we all make mistakes and there's a lot of room uh, for grace and that's why the Lord exercised grace toward me and he asks us to exercise grace toward one another. But where's the, where is the source of this kind of love that we can have it so abundantly um, that it's kind of like kind of like reflecting the nature of God that he desires to have a relationship with us. Can we have that toward other people, even those that perhaps aren't exercising that toward us or, or don't really have that capacity for whatever reason, whatever pain they're dealing with in their lives? So I, I, was, um, I was caused to turn to uh, the Book of Mormon in Moroni, the seventh chapter, and it's, it's a similar scripture in a lot of ways the seventh chapter starting in the 45th verse and this is a chapter that um, is a beautiful one again to read just like Corinth, 1 Corinthians here 
Um, this seventh chapter covers not only charity, but it covers faith and hope as well. And it's a beautiful chapter. But um, he, actually, he actually fits it all in one verse, the 45th verse. And I'm not going to read it again, but the 45th verse in Moroni 7 is almost exactly what I just read in 1 Corinthians 4, 14, or 13, rather, 4 through 8, or 4 through 7 anyway. But the key verse I wanted to read this morning, and I'll give way after this, is just to tell you that this kind of love, if it's, as much as it might be motivated in our natural life for affection toward other people, this kind of love, when it's exercised in its purity, and this gets to my topic of whose love is it, it's the love of God. And it has to be pure, and it has to be unconditional. And those are things that um, kind of are, meet their test, meet their, their biggest test when it's not returned, it's not reciprocated. But um, Moroni says here in the 48th verse about this love of God, and I guess I'll just, um, I'll just start in the 47th talking about this charity. But charity is the pure love of Christ, and it endureth forever. And whoso is found possessed of it at the last day, it shall be well with him. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart, that ye may be filled with this love, which he hath bestowed upon all who are true followers of his Son, Jesus Christ, that ye may become the sons of God, that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, or we shall see him as he is that we may be, have this hope that we may be purified even as he is pure. And that's a very tall order this morning, brothers and sisters. It's a tall order for us as human beings to fit into that. But the key phrase here is pray to the Father with all the energy of heart that you may be filled with this love. So don't, don't think that we're going to reach down into the depths of our soul and our heart and our, our natural being and pull this amazing love out. Um, I, I would submit to you that none of us is that perfect and that pure. But this verse tells us that if we ask the Lord um, that we might be filled with that love, that he has this amazing relationship with us that he's able to bestow upon us that measure and that degree of love that we might be like Christ. He says that we might become the sons of God that we shall be like him. And we need to be like him today, brothers and sisters, that we can give Jesus to the world around us. And I hope and pray that that's our goal for each of us. Whether we're ministers, whether we're ordained or not, we are called to be Jesus, I think, to the world around us. So may God bless you this morning as you look at um, the love that you show toward others, which I know all of you do, because as Brother A.J. was just saying um, I mean, as, as the, the time I was called to lead this group, all I felt was love from all of you, and I thank God for that. I, I don't feel worthy of it, but God is so good and gracious. Um, but I pray that as we exercise love toward one another, toward the world around us, that it would be, um, we would be constantly checking ourselves to make sure that it's motivated by the love of God, a desire, a love for the souls of mankind, not, not because of who they are, because of... Um, what they can do for me, but, but far be it from that. But rather, what, what did Jesus do for us and what can we do to show our gratitude to him? So may God bless you as, as you continue to grow in his love. I, I grew. When that, when that man talked to me about
God desiring that, just the words, but the relationship. I just, I just took like about an inch up from that, spiritually speaking. And, and that, I know if, if, that, if that gardener could have that effect on me by just speaking out of his heart from studying the word of God, just think what we can do for others by speaking out of our heart with the word of God, with the spirit of God that the Lord has bestowed upon us, even by the authority of this priesthood. Just think what we can do, the effect that we can have. Not that our desire is that we would be recognized or glorified, but that God would receive all the glory. So may God bless you today as you continue to grow in his love. I love all of you. God bless you. Just a, a quick thought to follow up on uh, what our brother said this morning. I enjoyed his remarks very much. For those that missed our Sunday school class, you missed something. I'll say that. Um, all right. So much for face recognition. I don't know. This thing is blanking out on me here. All right. All right. There we go. Um, so I was just uh, reminded of a scripture. You know, he's talking about loving and not getting anything back for it. And I, I think that there's a little bit of a correction to that, that I'm going to say that Christ told us in, in speaking in the 25th chapter of Matthew, um, toward the end of the chapter, um, he's, um, let's see. When he was uh, talking about the, um, the goats and the um, sheep, let's see, where am I? No, am I in the wrong chapter here? Or the wrong verse? Okay, so I'm a little bit farther back in the chapter. Um, the, the 34th verse. And... Um, then shall the king say unto them at his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Um, then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee, a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee, sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? All these people that, he are list, that he's listing here are all people that were not in a position to reciprocate love. You know, and, and you, you, you said today that when we, you know, uh, part of the measure of the love is not the love that gets reciprocated, you know, where, where people are not in a position. What Christ is telling us here, um, that uh, the king shall answer and say unto them, uh, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto me, unto one of the least of my brethren, ye have done it unto me. When we do these things, when we show love to somebody, we're showing it to God. You know, these people, that is... The ultimate expression of worshiping God is to love those that can't reciprocate it. And that is really kind of the attitude that God wants us to have in life, is that you know, we can look past one another's faults, and we can look past um, people's inability to do things for us if we look at everything we're doing as doing it unto the honor and glory of God. That when we're loving somebody else, 
we are doing it. That is our worship. That's our ultimate worship to God is to love others. And um, that's what he wants us to focus on. And it's, it's such an important thing. And um, there is such a, a blessing to be had in it. There's something that when we love others, that it stirs up something good in our spirit. And, you know, then this goes beyond, you know, you know I, I took a class in college one time and they were talking about what makes people happy. And at the top of the list was altruism. We are wired that way, that we are blessed, you know, that, that it brings us joy. You know, that's the way that God made us, is when we are, are doing for others, that there's something that, that stirs up good feelings in us. And, um, and that in that sense, the reward is there because we're doing it for God. So uh, it's not like there's not a reward. You know, the Lord is right there to bless us, even in Mosiah. Uh, when King Benjamin, in his address, he said, when you do something for the Lord, you get rewarded immediately. So you never, you're always indebted unto the Lord. And that's, that's the mindset that he wants us in, is that you can't outgive God. And that just, that just covers everything. That covers our, you know, our generosity with our, our uh, wealth and, and our uh, uh, generosity with our time. You can't outgive God. He is there to bless us. And there's something that's going to follow. It may not be immediate. It might not be something that is uh, measurable in, in worldly terms, but God is, is in the business of setting us up to be blessed. And that's what this, the word is all about. And that's what he, you know, this whole thing of loving when people can't return is that it's God's turn. And we put ourselves in a position to be blessed when we um, put ourselves there. Now, the trick is, as humans, it's not our nature. You know, it's just, and it's not what, certainly not what society tells you. You know, society tells you to look out for number one. And, um, you know, God is not about that at all. That is absolutely contrary to where he's at. And that's how we rob ourselves of blessings when we put ourselves first. And I appreciate the fact that, that uh, we, and for those that were in Sunday school, Brother Austin said, you need to um, get out of your comfort zone and go, uh, you know, talk to somebody maybe that you wouldn't normally talk to. And uh, I did that, and I was blessed. And I found that many, many times in life, that that comfort zone is a very, it feels very safe, but in fact, we are missing out on God's blessing to always stay in that comfort zone. And so I, it, that was even part of my prayer request, is to help me get out of my comfort zone to do the things the Lord would want me to do. And I, I would hope and pray that we all can step out of our comfort zone and have the kind of love that our, our brother was talking about today. May God bless you. So we're going to transition into our uh, testimony service and with a twist. I'm going to give you the twist. So we heard all about God's love, and I'm going to reiterate that scripture that Brother Anthony said. And he says, But charity is the pure love of Christ, and it endureth forever. And whoso is found possessed of it at the last day, it shall be well with him. There's a book that came out a few years ago, and I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version. And it talks about the five love languages. And as my wife can attest, I'm terrible at identifying them, and I'm terrible at executing them. Every once in a while, I will get them right. But they do exist, right? Okay. And... When we hear about this pure love of Christ, I want you to think about that in this context. And there are five. And there are words of affirmation. There are physical touch, receiving gifts, 
quality time and acts of service are ways that you can both show and ways that you can experience love. So what does that mean with Jesus Christ today? How is it that Jesus Christ can communicate to me through words of affirmation? And Brother Anthony said that you know, he received this beautiful text you know, from the Lord many years ago, and he reads it over and over again. And I think first and foremost, we have God's word to look for those words of affirmation. And he also states on one accord that he's talking with his disciples and he says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you my friend. You see, the Lord lifts us up to the fact that he loves you so much that he calls you his friend. Physical touch. God says that I will not leave you comfortless. And when I go, I will send my comforter for you. You know, he sent his Holy Spirit to dwell within you so that you would never feel alone. That you would be able to have that avenue to communicate with him and feel the Lord in your life as a living, breathing presence by you. Gifts. For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son for you. We read in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, more and more gifts that the Lord spills out for us. The gift of charity, the gift of tongues, the gift of prayer, the gift of healing. The Lord gives and he gives and he gives because he loves you. Quality time. And we sing that beautiful song, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I'm not alone. The Lord is there spending quality time with you always. And acts of service. How many times has the Lord answered your prayers? We heard all morning today about how we should pray and things we should pray for. Turn it around. How many times has God answered those prayers? How many times has God made himself manifest in your life today? So the twist today, this Valentine's Day weekend, is we want to hear one of the times that you felt God's love. And I want to hear how it fits into this. So that's your challenge, and we leave it open. May God bless you today.